This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Uh, all right, let's talk Nats bullpen here. Current Nationals bullpen. Uh, looks like as we take this, Andres Machado might get DFA'd, uh, which, look, if you've been watching him this season, this is not personal, but it has been ugly. Uh, 8-4 ERA, 1.7 whip. He got rocked by the Phillies in inning, five hits, four runs earned, a walk. The game got away from him on Sunday, and, and as has been the case too often when he's come into the game, uh, you know, it just blew up on him. I will say that he's been okay at times the last two years in 2021 and in 2022. He pitched in 91 games for the Nationals with an ERA in the mid threes. But uh, it's it's three years. It's over 100 appearances here. He's had plenty of opportunities. Uh, it's just not working. So I have no problem moving on from him. But we've talked a lot about Davey and bullpen usage. I mean, they just don't have many quality arms right now. Like, look at their bullpen. It's Finnegan, Harvey, and Edwards, and even those guys have their own flaws, and seems like one out of every three or four appearances for Finnegan and Harvey, you know, they give up multiple runs, but otherwise are pretty nasty. Erasmo Ramirez is getting more work than I'd like, who was the org pitcher of the year last year, and the bloom is off the rose a little bit. He's got an ERA up around six, and he strikes out basically a half batter in every inning. 26 inning, 13 Ks, doesn't miss bats, has a one and a half whip. Like, I'm not interested in that at all. I'd Love to see him not on the roster as well, if we're being honest. Uh, but how many guys can you DFA at once? Mason Thompson was maybe the best reliever in baseball for a few weeks to start the year, and it has been a, a mess since. If you look at his last seven appearances, he's been back on track, but there was a stretch there where, I mean, he just you couldn't count on him. So he's kind of back to being maybe reliever number four right now for Davey. But other than that, it's Chad Cool who I thought looked really good the other day, throwing 95, pitching in a couple innings. They're hoping to get something out of him uh, in the back of the bullpen on B-days. And then Thaddeus Warder, they don't really trust because he throws too many balls and walks a lot of guys. But this is the whole bullpen, man. It's Finnegan, Harvey, Edwards, Ramirez, Thompson, Cool, Ward. That's the entire list. They'll add someone to the 40-man and replace uh, Machado with that pitcher. But as we've talked about, they don't really have great AAA options. So it's it, there's just it's not a good bullpen, period. No, and it's tough because right now, basically whatever guy Davey decides to go with, it seems like it's the wrong guy because he comes in, gives up the run, or maybe he decides to leave them in for multiple innings, and that second inning they just can't get a guy out. Erasmo Ramirez had that the other day. He went one inning strong, and then the next inning he got left in, and he just couldn't get an out. So. I mean, you could criticize Davey all day long, and I understand that because you like to think along with the manager, and I appreciate passionate fans, but at the same point, who are you putting in? You know, you put in the other guy, he's probably going to do something similar, maybe a little bit better, but maybe even a little bit worse. It's a tough spot to be in if you're Davey, and it's a really weird spot with this bullpen where I almost want him to just try other guys in high leverage roles and see if it works. You know, I know you mentioned not trusting Thaddeus Ward, and I understand it. I do get it. Like, he walks too many guys, and he doesn't necessarily have the elite stuff. But at the same point, maybe try him, because it's not like Finnegan's working every time. It's not like Harvey's working every time or Edwards. I mean, it's such a tough spot to be in if you're Davey, where especially if your starters aren't giving you six and seven innings and you're having to go to the bullpen early on, I mean, good luck trying to piece together the rest of that game and keep the lead if you have it. I think that's the key, by the way. Like The, the way out of this is de depth and length from your starters. 
You know, they just have to go deeper in the games. We've talked about Gore having several four-inning outings and Gray doing the same thing. And Jake Irvin is kind of a five-and-dive guy at this point. Like, when you go young in the rotation, I know this happens, but you can't have both of these two things. Like, you can't have a thin, not particularly good bullpen that basically has three reliable arms. And I'm not even saying, like, three ace arms. I'm saying just three guys that you can rely upon as what you would traditionally think of as, like, setup guys in a championship-level bullpen. And then everyone else you'd like to avoid in close games. Like, that doesn't work, let alone in a situation where your starters almost never go seven innings and and frankly they got to let Corbin just give up runs and pitch deep into games sometimes I think and and they should do the same with Trevor Williams like I'm surprised they take him out as early as they do in some of these games I know Davey's trying to manage to try to win them I, I would be managing to get my two veteran arms to like seven innings if I could or certainly six I, I don't care if they're throwing 110 pitches like I will put those pitches on Williams arm matters less to you long term and on Corbin same thing and just try to to save the bullpen as best I can, because I think that'll make them better in the games that they can win. But if you look at their pitching numbers over the last, just say two weeks or so over the last 15 days, you know, bullpen ERAs, Edwards seven, Finnegan three, one, Harvey four, five, Machado was at 19, Erasmo's at 21. Like, sorry about it, but that, that's just not going to fly. Um, but I, I don't know what the fix is. You know, Doherty wrote in the post on Monday today as we tape this about the possibility of adding a lefty reliever. They don't really have options. I can go through the guys that they could call up, perhaps. Uh, I know that Sean Doolittle has pitched in Fredericksburg a few times this week and just pitched back-to-back days, so you'd think that he's getting close to being available. Um, but you know, maybe they go Jose Ferrer, who was in the Futures game last year, who was one of their better left-handed relief prospects problem is in 25 games this year he's thrown 30 innings and he's walked 18 batters you know his average against is 274 like it hasn't been a very good any of run for him in triple a here so maybe you you kick the tires on do i would have thought they wanted to bump him up a level or two before they throw him back in the big leagues but do you think they need to go lefty or would you just call up the best arm whether that's jordan weems or somebody else I mean, it'd be nice to have a lefty, but it's hard not to just say take the best arm. Obviously, having a lefty, you heard from a lefty, by the way, in the bullpen since the end of April. Jesse was writing about how, like, you looked at this weekend, they they went right against left against Schwarber, right against left against Harper in Mm -hmm. big spots because they they just don't have anyone to bring in. They literally didn't have a lefty in their pen. Yeah, and I mean, I don't fault them because Bonda wasn't exactly cutting it at the major league level, so you had to move on from that. So now you've had an all-righty bullpen, and... uh, Rob Thompson was talking about it, the Phillies manager, that, you know, they wouldn't have gone three straight lefties at the top of the lineup on, I believe it was either Friday or I think it was Friday, if they had a lefty in the bullpen. So you are helping out the other manager. But at the same point, do I want to bring up a lefty who isn't reliable or do I want to try and bring up the best arm? Like, I mean, that's a tough decision again, like. Whatever decision you make, it seems like with the bullpen, it just doesn't seem like it's going to end up being the right one. So, I mean, T- take your pick. I, I could be swayed either way. <laughs> Maybe the answer will be Alberto Baldonado, who's at AAA. He's 30. He's left-handed. We saw him in the big leagues. He's a huge guy. I want to say he's like 6'8". Uh, he's pitched 27 innings with 26 strikeouts, uh, giving up 23 hits. The problem is he also has a lot of walks, 16 walks in 27 innings and a, a whip of about 1.4. So uh, not a great season for him. The guy that has the best numbers right now, 
in AAA, if, if you don't care necessarily about right versus left, is Gerson Moreno, a 27-year-old at Rochester, who's got a 270 RA in 22 games. 29 strikeouts in 26 innings is a good sign. But, and this is a theme with the Red Wings, a lot of walks, 18 walks in 26 innings. Like, can you really count on that? I mean, the good thing for him is the league's hitting 159 off of him. So maybe he'd be an option. We've seen Jordan Weems come up a bunch. Uh, he's done a little bit better job than some of these other guys, not walking batters, but even still, his walk rate's over four and a half per nine, striking out a batter per inning, 24 innings into the year, average against his 163. You know, maybe they go back to Weems, the right-hander. But this goes back to, while there's some prospects that now we like in the system, there's just not, still not a ton of depth that you, you know, in a lot of teams you just dip into the minors and you go get a guy throwing 97 who's got great numbers in AAA. Like, they don't really have that. That's the next phase of, of building the system back up is to have a bunch of options that currently uh, they really don't possess. Yeah, I mean, that's the tough part right now is, you know, again, going back to do you to take the lefty, do you take the best arm? It's so tough when you really only have those three guys that you trust in close game situations and you're essentially using them more than you probably would have planned on because you're in most ball games. So you're going to try to keep the score right where it's at. You can't just use Thaddeus Ward in an eighth inning one run ball game, even if you're down because you want to try to use your A guys. But at the same point, you can't use Edwards, Harvey and Finnegan every single day. So it's not a good spot for Davey to be in the bullpen in terms of in the minor leagues isn't great. So, I mean, it, this is just going to be one of the growing pains for the Nationals this season. You're just going to have to understand that at times they're going to go into late-game situations with the lead, and they're going to blow it. We've already seen that this year, and unfortunately I think it's probably going to happen quite a bit more for, throughout the rest of the year. So I want to dive into the minor leagues really quickly. We like to do that as often as we can on the pod. Uh, we're closing in on the end of the show here, but just to, for a couple quick moments, I thought it would be worth mentioning <clears> – <throat> Uh, how some of the Nationals' prospects have been faring here. Uh, James Wood, you and I talked a lot on the podcast last week about getting to see him and how he had been playing. Uh, he looks comfortable in double-A. It took about four games, and now he's settled in, huh? Three hits, a homer, and two doubles on Sunday. Uh, his OPS up over 900 now in double-A. We had seen him when he was like one for his first 12 and, and then one for 15 because he had three strikeouts. And since then, he's basically just blistered everything. But what a quick turnaround for him in double-A, huh? Yeah, and gave him a day off on Saturday, him and Hassel both. Maybe that off day kind of reset him a little bit, comes back with a three-hit performance, a homer, and two doubles. I mean, the guy looks like he's going to be a stud. So, I mean, I don't know that I need to see him yet this season. I know some people are talking about maybe in September calling him up. I don't know that I'd get too frisky with it, but, I mean, this guy's going to be a stud, I think couple of guys in the system that are really hot over the last week and a half. So James Wood has four homers in his last 10 days, uh, which is obviously a system best. Uh, he's on fire. Brady House had a two-homer game. He's got three homers over the last 10 days. He's 20 years old. He's at Fredericksburg. He was the first-round pick just a couple of years ago. Uh, how about hitting 409 with a 909 slug and a 1,300 OPS now over his last 22 at-bats? He's nine hits and three homers over 10 days. He's been red hot. Uh, Trey Lipscomb, who was a third-round pick out of Tennessee last year for the Nationals, is their number 18 prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. He can hit. Uh, he's got two homers. He's got 25 total bases in the last 10 days. He's 14 for his last 43 at the plate during that stretch, hitting 326 with a 943 OPS. Uh, Jeremy De La Rosa, who is the number eight prospect in the system via Pipeline, 
21 years old, A-plus Wilmington, same lineup as Lipscomb, has had a really nice week here. He's got a couple of home runs. He is 12 for his last 38, which is good for an average of 316 over the last 10 days, a 1080 OPS. Uh, he's responded really, really well, man, having a good year quietly in A-plus ball. Like last year, he broke out in Fredericksburg, repeating the level. And I think people were kind of stunned by what the 20-year-old did, and he wasn't really considered that high end of a prospect, but he really jumped on at some prospect lists. All of a sudden now, in A-plus ball at 21, he's got an OPS right around 780, and he's showing that he can hit for some power. He's got 10 doubles and three homers. He can run a little bit. He's got seven stolen bases, a good athlete. So it's been a good couple of weeks for him as well uh, in the system offensively. Yeah, and then the other guy you got to mention, I know that I don't know how he's done entirely over the last week or so, but Elijah Green hit one out of the ballpark <laughs> last week. Like I think it was Thursday night as well, the same night that James Wood got his first double-A homer. Elijah Green literally hit one out of the ballpark. I think it was 436, just showing you some of that potential that he's got the reason he was picked number five. So, I mean, a lot of good going on in the Nats minor league system, a lot to get excited about for the future of this ball club. Yeah, he's seventh in the system over the last 10 days, just as a sample, in OPS, 824. So House, Wood, De La Rosa, Lipscomb, who I mentioned, and then Jared McKenzie, who they drafted out of Baylor uh, a handful of rounds into the draft a couple years ago, uh, A-plus ball right now. Um, he and Drew Millis, who we just had on the podcast a couple weeks ago, did a great interview with the catcher at AAA, uh, 873 OPS last 10 days, are the only guys in the system uh, higher end than Elijah Green in that area. Uh, we can dive into some pitching maybe on the next pod, but that's a quick update on just how things have gone in the minor leagues. Toby, final thoughts on the Nats before we say goodbye for episode 56. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they fare against the Diamondbacks. You would have liked to have seen a little bit better game on Sunday. You would have liked to see them win that game when Gore is pitching fairly well, only gave them two runs of support in the Phillies series. But I think they'll have a good chance to showcase what they've got against a surprising Diamondbacks team this season and excited to see what they can do. Yeah, they have come back, the Nats, I should say, have come back from like four run deficits in the seventh inning or later four times this year. And they've lost three of those games, I think it is. Two of the games they've come back from those deficits were against the Diamondbacks, if you remember, out in Arizona in that series where uh, they had huge rallies. The D-backs are a stunning 35 and 25. 10 over 500, tied with the Dodgers, leading the NL West. And there's a lot of reasons for it. Christian Walker, the former Oriole, has 12 homers, is hitting for a lot of power. But I'll tell you who's an unbelievable player is this rookie, Corbin Carroll. 10 home runs, 16 steals. You know, he's, he's going to hit 25 homers and steal maybe close to 50 bags. He's hitting 290 with about a 900 OPS. He's been awesome for them. Lourdes Gurriel, who they brought over, has been sensational as well. 9-10 OPS with nine home runs. And they've got some really underrated starting pitching as well. No one ever talks about Zach Gallen, but he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. 88 strikeouts and 78 innings. I think the Nats are going to miss him in this series, if memory serves. But Merrill Kelly, who pitched in the WBC for Team USA, a 280 RA, 77Ks and in 70 innings and a 194 average against. Another guy no one talks about who's got really good numbers. Pitcher that he, I don't even know who he is. Tommy Henry has good numbers for them. So you look at their rotation numbers, like it's it's not household names or stars, but they're pretty good, man. Like they can pitch. They got young offense. They might hang around in the NL West. Yeah, last thought on Corbin Carroll. You mentioned him. 
If you haven't gotten a chance to watch him, you have to. Like, if you remember how Trey Turner would run around, like, he glides around. And so he didn't always look like he was moving the fastest. We've talked about this before with taller players. Corbin Carroll's not very tall. And so when he runs, it looks like he is speeding around, man. He's just as fast as Trey Turner. So he's fun to watch. Yeah, he can flat out fly. He might be the fastest player in baseball right now. He is. But to your point, I I stood next to him and did an interview with him last summer at the Futures game. Uh, And I think he's listed at 5'8". I'm 5'8". And we maybe we were the same height. I want to say I might have been like a hair taller than him. But uh, if he's 5'10", I'll eat your hat. I mean, that guy, (laughs) that's... I think he's listed at 5'10", I should say. I think people you know, kind of acknowledge that he's shorter than that. But, yeah, maybe I'll give him 5'9 on a good day if he's wearing st- spikes, maybe. But the dude has pop. He's a small guy, but really, really good player. Should be a fun series. All right, Toby, hopefully I'll see you at the ballpark, man. It was good catching up, and we'll do it again soon. Sounds good, Grant. See you. Nats fans, thank you for listening. Please spread the word. We got to subscribe. We got to rate. We got to review. We got to do all the podcasty things that you can do to grow this podcast, to make this Uh, continue to get bigger and better so that we can keep doing this. So please spread the word, make sure Nats fans are listening and uh, at least that they know about this pod so they can see if it is for them until next time. Enjoy Nats baseball.